Hello, how you doing? Welcome to Lord Church of Christ and our Bible study on 1 Corinthians. My name is Calvin Mitchell and I'll be leading us in the study today. Today we are um, find ourselves at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 is interesting because it carries over on the previous uh, discussion that we had um, on the concept of human wisdom and how human wisdom uh, is far um, less desirable than godly wisdom. Let us start with a prayer. Most heavenly and gracious and merciful Father in heaven, we just thank you so much for your blessings. We thank you so much for your spirit that was poured upon the world. We thank you so much for your son, Christ Jesus, and that through his uh, death, meant life to us, and we are just so thankful for your son, we're so thankful for the blessings that we have, we're so thankful to be you and not united in the blood of Christ Jesus, and we know there are so many things that try to distract us and pull us away from your everlasting will, and we ask Holy Father that uh, you prevail as you always will, but we need you to prevail in our hearts and in our minds and in our conduct and our speech so that you can be seen in us. And what everyone will see in us is the love of Christ. So allow us, Heavenly Father, to love one another uh, as you are love. Uh, and those who know you uh, will will demonstrate uh, love to, to each one that they encounter. And we just ask that we study uh, 1 Corinthians, that this lesson will be good for us to, to understand uh, what, what thus saith the Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So again, we find ourselves in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, and for an outline, it is as such. Paul's manner of preaching. So, it was really a couple sections here that, that really uh, synopsize the, 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 the whole epistle, this whole second chapter. We only have uh, 16 verses. 16 verses. So the first section would be Paul's manner of preaching, and that would be verses 1 through 5. 1 through 5. Second would be um, the true wisdom of God. The true wisdom of God. And that's uh, verses 6 through 16. And then we would have as a as the uh, uh, as a subsection, if you will, um, the hidden nature of God's wisdom is from 6 to verse 9. Um, from uh, the spirit revelation of God's wisdom is 10 to 13. And the natural man versus the spiritual man, that contrast is found in verse 14 through 16. So as we um, shimmy uh, back up to the, to the beginning of the passage, uh, I'll start with, um, we... Or continue to um, in this passage uh, of scripture to demonstrate um, really the the foolishness, if you will, of a boasting about or bragging about human wisdom. Um, and we know First uh, Corinthians at the time, uh, wisdom thought um, this idea of um, uh, of um, participating or this idea of uh, of, of of great thought was was prevalent at that time, and now we see here um, that that type of thinking 
uh, it's folly. And that what the type of wisdom that we need to have is the wisdom of God. And in dispen- and instead, it, instead of uh, being more um, interested in this, uh, this type of speech or this persuasive words or using these big words and have this big thought, um, what's more important is to proclaim Jesus, right? And Jesus and him crucified, which is the gospel message and confirming um, that Jesus, uh, that the confirming that that testimony of Jesus is a real true power and the real true wisdom that Christians should desire. So starting a verse, um, uh, verse one, it says, and I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellent of speech or wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus and him crucified. See, precisely is that's the crux of it. That's the crux of it right there. And we see here that um, Paul, uh, in this writing, uh, quickly um, establishes what is the, the linchpin of the argument which is essentially uh, Jesus Christ and him crucified. And that's the sole, that's the sole part, part, sole reason and the manner of his preaching in this section. And it goes on to say, I was uh, with you in weakness and fear and much trembling. And so that, that kind of tells, talks about um, kind of the, the state, right? Uh, we know that Paul came to Corinth after being beaten and imprisoned in Philippi. Uh, he was run out of Thessalonica and Berea and scoffed at by the by the Athenians. And we saw, remember that in Acts uh, 16, um, where we see some of that happen. So you can imagine uh, being <laughs> through all that, how uh, incredibly tired you would be. Uh, it's funny when I think about just, you know, me coming back from uh, a commute in DC, I'm tired and I just, Hey babe, let me take a minute to just relax. But, uh, when, when talking to my wife, but now you think about, Oh wow, he's gone through a tremendous amount of abuse. Uh, and, and, and he's, he's, he's being quite candid and quite, and quite, uh, vulnerable if you will, by, uh, disclosing some of these things, but also to confirm, uh, to to the readers that hey this 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 is something that hey I got skin in the game in, and that I'm really uh, dedicated to Christ Jesus and and the um, and the uh, to Christ Jesus and and, and him crucified. Um, we remember that Paul expounded um, on this whole concept in Acts twenty verse twenty seven. Uh, and he taught the Corinthians uh, the word of God in Acts uh, eighteen eleven, and the focus uh, on, on of that preaching uh, was for those unbelievers was Jesus Christ, and so we see here this concept of uh, if you remember from chapter one, uh, wisdom uh, is fleeting. We, wisdom is is um, is rubbish. Wisdom is not something that we as Christians should be uh, focused on. You Corinthians should not be focused on big thought, um, big ideas. Uh, what you need to be focused on is Christ and Christ crucified and him crucified, because that is what is the most important. 
And so um, when we move on here, uh, this section would be probably called um, um, how uh, would be um, the spirit uh, and power. Um, because those are the words that he that he basically uses here in verses four and five, and, and so I'll read. Uh, and my speech and my preaching were not were not with persuasive words. Here, see, here we go again, of human wisdom, right? But in demonstration of the spirit and of power. See, uh, he goes there again, uh, where. Uh, we could probably conclude that um, the, these big thoughts uh, and big and big ideas and these the, this, these persuasive words and all these things that were happening in Corinth were really were really attractive, right? And people were maybe maybe led astray. Even we would we could probably presume. Uh, but what Paul is saying here is that his preaching did not include that. Not persuasive words of human wisdom. His demonstration is of spirit and of power. Verse 5. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but the power of God. And that's that's so powerful, isn't it? Sometimes, even as, as humans, we get so caught up in this world. We get so caught up in some of the... Uh, uh, great thinkers of our time, right? And we, uh, we, we quote them. We, we sometimes idolize them. But at the end of the day, we what we need to do is to have that wisdom that's godly wisdom and not wisdom of men. Um, because we see again, it shouldn't be the wisdom of men, but the power of God. So then we go into our next section, which is the true wisdom of God. And that's verse 6 through 16. And it's broken up as such. So uh, the, the next thought is coming here from verse 6 through 9. 6 through 9. And that's the hidden nature of God's wisdom. So now we're going to launch into this conversation of, okay, I've told you how silly and foolish human wisdom is. Now let me tell you a little something about God's wisdom and why this should be something that uh, you um, put a, put into your mind and put into your hearts, starting at verse six. However, we speak wisdom among those who are uh, mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. So it's kind of interesting this whole concept of um, uh, mature, um, and, and I. We understand that that word really to be that those people who are um, genuine believers, those who are who are faithful, those who are those who are uh, at, at a at a, a part a point of mat, of um, maturity, right? Uh, and then we see here um, that there's this discussion that Paul uses here. Uh, quite frankly, he talks about that that uh the wisdom among you who are mature right so that that talks about hey you know we need you to be at a certain point right uh you we we need to be growing spiritually yet not the wisdom of this age why because you know what the wisdom of the 1800s is no longer wisdom now 
the wisdom of the 1700s is no longer wisdom now. The wisdom of the 1600s is no longer wisdom now. What's always going to be wisdom is going to be God. Um, godly wisdom, spiritual wisdom. And we know we might we have had rulers, great rulers throughout the time, or, or rulers who were seen to be great at the time. You can think of Alexander Great. You can think of all these people who ruled... Uh, and had great uh, massive kingdoms and 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 uh, and dominions, but the greatest dominion is the is is the the heavenly dominion, uh, which is God's dominion, God's reign. And we're so thankful uh, for Jesus Christ for allowing us to be a part of His dominion, a part of His kingdom, a part of 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 His uh, lordship, uh, and we are so thankful for that. Um, <clears throat> as we move on in uh, verse 7 we see but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery the hidden wisdom of God ordained before the ages for our glory so you see the contrast here so before we talked about um, this this uh, fleeting this uh, this wisdom that is temporal this wisdom that is of this age now we see this wisdom that is way farther way greater than that and we all know that that's that godly wisdom which none of the rulers of this age knew there we go for had they known they would have never they would have they would not have crucified the lord of of glory and so He's speaking directly to 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 uh, to those who uh, would be more intimately familiar with the death of Christ, and those who would probably have been around um, uh, or within a generation of the death of Christ. Uh, the crucifixion is proof that the rulers and the Jewish religious uh, leaders uh, really lacked that wisdom, and and it's kind of amazing that that this would be said at that time because you think about the 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 religious leaders at the time uh, and the Jews particularly I mean there were some high ranking people uh when you when you see the chronology of Jesus leading up to the cross there were some high ranking people that um officials both who were spiritual leaders and both um uh Roman um uh leaders at the time that engaged in Jesus before the cross, uh, who could probably have prevented something from happening. But we know uh, that God God had this ultimate design uh, for us. So we know without the cross, there would be no hope for us. There would be no salvation for us. Uh, subsequently, we thank uh, the Lord our God for uh, his mercy and his patience and his love. Uh, extending the his only begotten son on the cross so that we might have this everlasting life and see so as we move uh forward here we see here that um the the wisdom um that 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 uh the, the wisdom of god um has been a mystery right uh but it was ordained before before uh time begun uh, but it was hidden, and it was unknown to the to the rulers of this age, right? And we can we could probably even say that now, right? 
which is why um, they crucified the Lord, right? And so it's an interesting thought because when you think about, oh man, you know, I think about all these great people and all these great thought leaders, uh, but all these thought leaders um, might have had a hand or an accomplice or a culpable uh, to um, leading Christ to the cross. Now, you could uh, you can argue that, hey, if they had that godly wisdom and knew that God was and knew that Jesus was Lord, like God knew that Jesus was Lord from the very beginning, they might have said, hey, wait, 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 wait. We don't want to crucify the, the, the Christ. We don't want to crucify him. This is not what we want to do. But we see here that God's wisdom is preeminent. God's wisdom is infinite. God's wisdom is far superior uh, to the, the wisdom of man. And this is this is the, the, the thought that he's isolating here. Man had not discovered um, what God had prepared for those who love him. And we see that in verse 9. So it says, but it is written, I has not. I has not seen, nor heard, nor have entered into the hearts of man, things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now, we know that that is pulled from uh, Isaiah 64, verse 4. Um, it, is, uh, it is God's truth um, that, that we see here, uh, and we see that uh, if if we think about um, what's being said here, the things, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. See, we don't have the foresight that God has because we have this um, foolish, we have this, uh, this, this wisdom that is not of God. And so, again, he's building this argument up. Uh, that Christ crucified is where our focus should be and not on earthly wisdom. And he really gives us the the, the, the meat and bones. Why? Uh, because the true wisdom is of God uh, and that this, this hidden nature uh, of uh, uh, wisdom is this wisdom of God that um, could have seen so many different events. Uh, but it didn't. But it didn't. That earthly uh, wisdom didn't. But godly wisdom always has that foresight and so uh we go a little bit further in um the spirit revelation of god's wisdom verses 10 through 13 is where we're going to be going next uh and it's and so here's isolated thought is that um god um god's god's will uh is 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 revealed right god's god's will is revealed uh, and God's will is revealed through his spirit. Um, uh, and it was made known to the apostles and it was made and was spoken now by the apostles is isolated thought here. And, and we're going to we're going to um, go through it and we'll see. OK. Um, and remember, the isolated thought here is the wisdom um, of God saves um, and only God can reveal that type of wisdom and that we should be seeking this type of wisdom um, for um, inspiration um, as for revelation. Because God is the only one who can really um, give us this this great spiritual wisdom. And, and that's the isolated thought here. So starting in verse 10, it says, but God has revealed them 
to us through his spirit. For his spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. So um, we understand that the spirit um, is the Holy Spirit, right? And God, um, the the spirit um, was is was was revealed to us. The Holy Spirit was real revealed to us. Uh, and we see that in Acts 2. <clears throat> and we see um, that for the Spirit searches all things. And yes, the deep things of God. Can you imagine? Um, God knows everything. What, what can you imagine? I can't even imagine what deep things of God could be. And just the, the beauty and the depthness of his wisdom, the depthness of his love. Like we would not even be able to comprehend in our futile, in our in our infinite, in, in his infinite wisdom, uh, his 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 ability to love, and part of his ability to love is because he doesn't look at us the way we look at each other, right? The way we look at each other is, you have done something to me, I'm upset. That's that infraction, and I'm going to hold that against you. Now, we know the scriptures say that we shouldn't do that, but the human nature is what we do. Whereas God says, hey, you do something wrong, Calvin, but I know that uh, you're going to die when you're 83. And I know that you're going to get yourself right and that you are going to have you're going to be doing things. You're going to fall and pick yourself up and fall and pick yourself up. And one day you will glorify me, Calvin. One day I know that you will be able to 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 glorify my name so this momentary infraction if you come to me you i will forgive you of your sins if you repent if i confess and, and repent that's god's love that is the beauty of god verse 11 uh, for what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Wow, we just talked about that and we just talked about the wisdom of God. You know, it's funny because some people say, well, you know, I know that God have done this, done this insert whatever the situation is um, for for a reason. And I know one day that reason will be revealed. Maybe not. Maybe not. And maybe you don't even want to know why God had done something or, or had allowed something to happen. Or sometimes it is not for us to know because maybe we can't even handle it. But what we do know is that God knows all things. And the only one that knows that is the Spirit of God. So, uh, verse 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that we have been freely given to us by God. So now we have this thought. It refers to uh, this whole concept of um, this. You see um, the, the term we, right? Um, and that um, the the spirit um, received by God was poured out, the Holy Spirit, right? And we know that uh, the apostles, uh, we know that so many others were 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 revealed, uh, were were given the Holy Spirit, right? 
Uh, and now we know that subsequently um, that um, it was known to the apostles, right? Uh, so that that made so that they may um, continue to do the will of God. Um, and the inspiration, um, I, I always look at Second um, Timothy uh, chapter three verse sixteen. Uh, maybe we'll flip over there real quick. Where it says that um, all scripture is given by inspiration and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, for instruction and righteousness. Uh, uh, Sometimes uh, some translations uh, talks about this idea of 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 uh, breathe or or or, um, that the thought that that God's word was in. God's word is 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 injected in, into into us. The spirit is injected in, into us, uh, and that into the scriptures, uh, and and so it's this it's this whole concept of us being able to to know um, that here that it was made of it, that, that that God's wisdom was made available to uh, these apostles, and now these apostles right uh, had to do something with it right. And so now we're going to read this in verse 13. These things we also spoke. Okay, so these we, again, this more than more than Paul, right? We also spoke, we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches. So now he's establishing um, why the, what, what the apostles were doing and what their purpose was. Not for man's teaching, but... Which the Holy Spirit teaches. So again, day of Pentecost, Acts two, uh, the Spirit was poured out, right? And we 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 talked we talked about this whole concept that um, the apostles are, are are speaking, are ambassadors for God, or are speaking for God, right? And they're inspired uh, by God, and so they're saying that that what was revealed to them, right? God revealed his spirit, uh, we saw in verse 10 and 11, and his spirit was made known to the apostles, right? In verse 12, and now that we see that this, that uh, it is now spoken by the apostles, so, um, and we see that it, that what was spoken was not man's wisdom, but the Holy Spirit teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And so we see here, uh, this whole concept of um, God's God's wisdom uh, and the fact that God's wisdom um, was revealed in the Spirit, right? And we see that in verse ten, and God's Spirit um, was made known to the apostles, and we know that um, the the apostles um, are now speaking. Are, are now are those words are that 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 knowledge is now being spoken by the apostles, and it's not according to human wisdom, but the spiritual wisdom, um, which is heavenly. So then we get to this last section, which is fourteen through sixteen, um, which is a natural man versus a spiritual man would be what I would call it because it it, it, it 
it, there's two main thoughts here, which is uh, the spiritual man and um, the natural man. And when you think of the natural man, it really refers to um, those who um, would be uh, the again that that philosopher, that big thinker, that person, or um, I. It can also be to it also could be to those who who could be those who lack who lack the understanding uh, of, of spiritual. Um, and and so we're we're, we're going to look a look a little bit about this now in this comparison. Um, some either some uh, some others have even said it could be those who who are who are perhaps not not converted into into Christ or had not put on Christ. But but we can flush that out a little bit. So it says verse fourteen. But the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And so here in this concept is talking about this natural man. And this is, that's why I, I, I think all of those definitions could, could really fit. But it's definitely a person who does not understand or has a relationship with God in such a way that he leans on the wisdom of God. That is definitely something that is that is that is completely crystal clear. Uh, and so this is this is what we know that there, there's a um, that there, there is something that's happening in this later part of this pa uh, this passage. Uh, it talks about this idea of us being spiritually spiritually discerned. And really what 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 this concept is is this idea of um of of a revelation of uh, of sorts right it's it's really being illuminated it's this idea of being knowledgeable it's this idea of um having a relationship uh and having that wisdom um as a result um of it, of of um of the spirit of god in verse 15, we see, um, but he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Oh, interesting. Unbelievers uh, or people who are uh, not in a relationship with Christ. um will not have will not have that that relationship um and he won't have that spiritual discernment right and really discernment um some people see it as judgment um i look at it really as um being able to understand and make a an appropriate judgment um based on facts um, is, is, is kind of how I, I like to describe it. Um, but you can, uh, you can't have, um, spiritual discernment unless you have spiritual judgment. Uh, and if you, if you are a natural man and you don't have, um, this, this spiritual um, judgment, the spiritual discernment, you're not going to have spiritual judgment. 
And so what does that result into? Um, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So ultimately what that means is, hey, you know, if, if we don't have... Um, if we don't have the mind of Christ, um, what, what, who, who, what's going to guide you? <laughs> if you don't have the mind of Christ, you have the mind of who, right? What, what's guiding you? What, what is going to govern, uh, your behavior? What is going to be your compass, your spiritual compass, This uh, quote here in, in, the, in the first part of uh, 16 is coming from Isaiah uh, 40, verse 13. Um, and again, that has known uh, the mind of God or, or understand the mind of the Lord. It's obvious to me that what um, the main point here is that we have to be attuned to Christ. We have to be attuned to the mind of Christ, and and that's the the ending of of First uh, Corinthians chapter two, is that we have to have the mind of Christ. And when you go back, that's why I say in verse in First um, Corinthians chapter two, um, verse First uh, Corinthians chapter two verse two, that. Uh, for I determined not to know anything among you except Christ and Christ crucified. Christ crucified is that linchpin, and we see it all through the scriptures. And he ends it here as a capstone point that Christ, we have to have that mind of Christ. We have to have that focus of Christ and Christ crucified. And, ha and that needs to be our mind. That needs to be our focus. Our focus does not need to be big thoughts of the world, things of this world. Uh, we need to be focused on Christ Jesus and Christ crucified and him crucified. That is the main isolated thought uh, in this passage. And all the wisdom of the world um, we see in comparison is not fruitful for us who are Christians. And yields no power, but the real power, the real, the real power is coming from Christ Jesus, uh, and a focus on His life. May we be blessed by this lesson, and we continue to live out uh, the thoughts of Paul, as um, inspired by the Holy Spirit, uh, given to uh, the apostles. Uh, given to um, through inspiration uh, we, we're just so thankful aren't we uh, that we have this good and merciful God that, that provided the scriptures in this way uh, and we're so thankful for all those who are uh, on the study today uh, and hopefully you are blessed uh, and that we are uh, making applications spiritual applications to um, uh, what we have been reading uh, and what we have been living. And uh, next week we're going to tackle 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, and 1 Corinthians chapter 3 has um, 16 verses in it. Uh, coincidentally, uh, just like 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2. Uh, so we're, uh, I'm sorry, um, no, I, 
scratch that. It has 23 verses. Um, uh, First Corinthians uh, chapter two, this has 16. All right. So have a uh, great day in the Lord.